customers are the key uh, influencers uh, in how we shape our products we have to play our role by giving best uh, customer surveys and and giving them the features which they need whereas the customer has to give time to the product and and uh, also educate their users that okay this is how you use the product so there is a learning attitude which is built in the company we have lot of uh, learning material created in house Hey you are listening to Dream 100 Business Show podcast with Savita Husamani Welcome to Dream 100 Business Show listener In this episode we continue our conversation with Manoj Agarwal who is the co-founder of Sosa Day In the previous episode we had explored intriguing topics such as the ideal growth stage for a business and when they should start incorporating Sosa Day's software products the products overview and their unique value proposition in a competitive market and today we will delve into the nuts and bolts of integrating sozodays products seamlessly into your existing infrastructure and discover their exceptional post sales support and service strategies also we will be getting a first hand account of the changes which manoj has witnessed in the e-commerce and the saas landscape and we will be discussing how the role of product teams have evolved over the last two decades and what does the future hold for product teams in an ever evolving industry we will also uncover the strategies which manoj employs to stay at the forefront of product innovation and how he provides invaluable guidance to his teams it is an episode which is packed with valuable insights so stay tuned without further ado let's continue the conversation with the co-founder of zozode manoj agarwal Hey Manoj welcome back super excited to continue this amazing discussion and learn more about the inner workings of Sosodes products and your invaluable experience in this amazing industry thanks avita thanks for inviting me typically what would be the duration after implementation to see a substantial results the duration depends upon the client as well so for example if i am getting into a fitness regime and i can uh, start subscribing for a gym or a yoga or something else and i can have a trainer as well the trainer can only guide you uh, the real results come from my own uh, interest and my own uh, determination to improve these metrics similarly for a client there are clients who uh, find value within one or two months because uh, they are so focused upon getting a value out of the product and then there are clients who are not able to find value even in one year because uh, there can be changes in on their side so the person who bought the product versus the person who is currently doing are different people the metrics the person who bought and the metrics the person who is doing it they are not very clear or sometimes there are situations where the customer is not really uh, putting the efforts to get value out of the product mm. uh, see a product is just an enabler uh, 
I mean, it doesn't do things by itself. So you have to really uh, work with the product to kind of get true value out of it. So there are both types of customers, uh, some customers who are very agile, very uh, value driven. And then there are some customers where it is just a checkbox into their uh, requirements that, okay, um, I wanted this system and hence I have bought your system. Basically, what I understand is uh, the motivation has to be from both the sides uh, equally when they are driven with the same kind of intent and motivation both intrinsic as well as extrinsic then it starts working until then uh, it is so so only <laughs> yeah yeah it has to work on both the sides i mean we have to play our role by giving best uh, customer service and then giving them the features which they need that is our uh, role and responsibility whereas the customer has to give time to the product and and uh, also educate their users that okay this is how you use the product yeah this is where i think most uh, small sized and medium sized companies fail in my experience this is what I have seen and I totally agree when you say that uh, this uh, has to be typically for this size of a company because then only it starts making sense so what kind of after sales support do you usually provide for customers who have brought your products yeah so a um, lot of things I mean um... In our kind of business where it, it is a software which is not only for the buyer, but it is for the larger uh, population, which is, for example, the employees or the sales teams and, and so on. One is uh, we have our uh, key account managers who work very closely with the, the buyer, the decision maker in the company. They typically work closely with the decision maker, uh, take care of their problem statements. But once the decision of buying is done, then it goes to our uh, onboarding and implementation team. And then there are spots on the client side as well uh, who are uh, working closely with our teams to go live with the product uh, for the entire uh, teams which they are looking for now so what has happened is from a buyer it has now gone to uh, the real uh, administration uh, in charge who will take care of the product and once the product uh, goes live uh, to the right audience now it is actually used by the end users mm. so it is not only b2b but it is b2c and then they are the true users of the product that is when we start working with the end users to educate them through some help document some uh, uh, webinar some uh, chatbots any query they can have uh, they can write to us we reply to them so, so there is a team which works with the end users and then we have our customer success team which looks at monthly or quarterly uh, reviews where we look at the data that okay which are the features uh, which this customer is using where are they getting stuck which features they are getting value which features they are not getting value and then we work with uh, these clients that okay how can we uh, help you to adopt these features are there any features which uh, are very important for you but we don't have it in our product so that we can add into our road that is more proactive uh, work with the clients who have been using the product for some time so that we can get the real customer voice and then keep on improving the product because it's a marathon uh, in terms of uh, improving and uh, enhancing the product and uh, customers are the key uh, influencers uh, in how we shape our products and that is how we uh, learn that okay these are features which we should roll out in the next few months uh, so that more and more customers can get value out of the products. Awesome. So you guys are constantly on your toes. <laughs>
uh, yeah you can say that because uh, if the customers are not demanding then we uh, i mean not only us but any company uh, may not uh, innovate correct uh, so the customer de- demand ca- actually helps us to kind of uh, push ourselves we we can have some stretched goals so that we we are always looking for the next level uh, and and the f- uh, more forward looking uh, things in our products awesome so what strategies do you employ to innovate and uh, so that you can be of more value to your uh, customers yeah so multiple things uh, some are serendipitous some are uh, very uh, designed uh, that way so one thing which we have been uh, really good at uh, right from our early days is to have a very uh, continuous learning kind of a dna in the company where people keep learning from each other from uh, experts outside the company from their mentors from customers and, and so on so there is a learning attitude which is built in the company we have a lot of uh, learning material created in house and uh, we keep doing those exercises and it is not only flowing top to down but a lot of times where uh, bottom up learning uh, is is very frequent we also encourage uh, everyone in the company to go out into conferences attend webinars uh, in areas where they are interested so that they can learn uh, beyond what they already know so there is a budget which is given to everyone uh, where they can enroll into multiple things and then it is paid by the company so that also helps a lot and uh, the third thing which uh, we do at a leadership level is we ourselves attend lot of uh, conferences we are part of uh, investor and uh, founder circles that is where we learn a lot and whatever learnings we get we uh, we then educate our uh, employees that okay this is what we have learned from other companies and other founders and maybe uh, these can be great learnings uh, for our company as well and uh, other things which we do on and off in our companies for example being a technology company we conduct hackathons where uh, it is more like an intrapreneurship where com- employees can uh, experiment uh, come up with some solutions which are relevant to our industry and, and then we uh, encourage them add some funds to it and there are a lot of things which we have developed over last uh, few years where those were never uh, top down uh, ideas but came very bottom up because somebody solved something and then we uh, implemented it for our customers wow. so yeah i think uh, all these things put together uh, have been uh, helping us to kind of uh, create a very a good learning uh, attitude in the entire company mm-hmm. awesome so how do you think the role of product teams have uh, evolved over the last two decades in your experience a lot i mean uh, it has uh, changed a lot uh, in the last two decades so if i talk about let's say uh, the 2000s i'm i'm talking about say 1990s to 2000 product teams hardly existed those days i mean you typically would hear about uh, software developers and uh, quality engineers Correct. you will typically not hear about uh, product teams because because most of the products were very uh, very tech driven very inward looking there were not many uh, consumer centric products now after the internet boom which is 2000 and above that is when uh, companies started building lot of consumer centric products and when you start building consumer centric products then you have to make sure that 
the user experience is very good because when you are building products for uh, companies then user experience doesn't matter a lot because if there are only few people who are subject matter experts who are going to use the software i mean they can put that time to learn that product even if it is complex and uh, it it works because the products were not very democratic those days but after 2000 a lot of products started getting democratic uh, Uh, it was not a handful of users but it was larger population who started using the products now when a larger population starts using products then to scale you have to make sure that the user experience is very frictionless it's very easy to use products and that is when the demand for product managers came into picture because developers typically uh, write beautiful code but sometimes they miss out on user experience understanding the user and they don't get time also to do both the things Correct. and uh, product manager and designers they got specialized into these those areas that okay understanding the user getting into the user uh, shoes doing lot of user research and building uh, a product which works for a larger population of users so that is when uh, the first sort of product managers emerged who were very ui ux uh, mm. design heavy product managers making sure that they design products which are uh, best usable by the consumers and then so this happened from 2000 to let's say 2000 uh 10 or so and then uh from 2010 uh onwards the era of uh, mobile apps came into picture which is when uh, your uh, demand for product managers uh, increased furthermore because uh, now you don't have to just build products for web but you have to take care of mobile as well mm. so so the role became even more complex so how can you uh, give a fantastic experience both on web as well as uh, mobile and uh, how do you have a very uh, coherent experience on both the uh, both browser as well as on the mobile app so that added uh, more value and more complexity for the product managers and then somewhere around uh, 2013 14 uh, is when uh, we started hearing uh, this new uh, keyword which is like product led growth plg which is where uh, product managers were not only responsible for designing and developing uh, products but also talking about growth of those products so where you started building products which are uh, very product led where you can you don't need a sales person but you can just sign up and get started and everything like your billing payments etc can happen on the product itself which is when lot of companies emerged uh, where the number of sales guys is almost zero but the company is still making millions of dollars and and uh, in the last few years uh, i have seen uh, another level of uh, role change for product managers where uh, they are acting like mini ceos for the company <laughs> they sit in this uh, center of uh, product business and uh, customers so they have to kind of find a fine balance between your business and finance customers and technology which is where uh, we are now seeing that okay product managers also have to look into p and l of the company mm. yeah see how the product is not only a uh, feature rich but it is benefit rich mm. uh, it is uh, really adding to the revenue of the company rather than just some moon shots or some random features which were not revenue driven so now everyone is talking about that okay if you are building something what is your revenue model mm-hmm. 
so i think uh, going forward product teams have to be really uh, revenue first rather than uh, just thinking about product and technology because uh, every company is talking about uh, profitability and and so on so product teams have to really think about how their products are bringing uh, consistent uh, revenue to the uh, to the company uh, i think the roles have emerged over these last two decades <laughs> this is amazing even with the innovation team has to think about the profitability right in the first stage usually it is in the later stages but now it's coming early on uh, so this is uh, quite a huge uh, change so you yeah. have been in this uh, e-commerce and saas uh, based platform for the past 15 years so what changes do you notice again a lot of changes um, both driven by macroeconomics and and how the innovation in technology has been so very fast uh, in the last two decades so some of these things i covered in the previous questions if i have to add few more uh, points to this i think one of the biggest innovation of this century is uh, mobile phones i mean i know that uh, they have uh, added lot of stress into the lives of people but at the same time it has been almost like uh, a magical instrument which can do lot of things so both uh, saas as well as e-commerce have changed a lot uh, since the advent of uh, mobile phones uh, because uh, customers now are looking for here and now they are very impatient and a uh, lot and lot of uh, products are trying to solve these problems of customers where they want everything now and that is how the businesses have been evolving so that is one area which has uh, changed a lot the second thing is uh, as i mentioned in my previous answer that till 2000 most of the softwares and technologies were built for the buyer for a handful of admin users mm. uh, but after 2000 especially uh, when internet was democratized then this handful of users became a larger population. so it was first employees and then larger consumers and then consumers not only white collar but uh, a larger population of uh, gray collar and blue collar as well so now companies have have to think through that okay how do you uh, build products which are not only used by handful of users but by a larger population and that is when you have to really think very hard that how do you make sure that the products can be uh, commercially viable for larger population they don't uh, differentiate between genders and uh, racial biases they can uh, have a very inclusive uh, way of building the product so those kind of things uh, became very important in the last uh, few years and the third thing which i did not touch upon in the previous answer was that it became very data driven because uh, in this hyper competitive uh, technology world if you are not data driven you you will be all over the place and uh, it will be hard to kind of uh, really uh, emerge as a winner uh, or emerge as a relevant uh, player uh, uh, in the long term so companies have to really keep looking at data that okay what are consumers liking what are they not liking uh, what is driving profits what is uh, driving to losses and keep ma- making those agile changes into their product strategy etc etc so so data becomes very important uh, in the world today and the other thing which has emerged in especially in the last uh, 10 years is that there are too many solutions uh, out there 
and people are um, kind of bombarded with new solutions almost every day so they are tired and uh, trying out new products and adopting new products which is where integrated solutions have become very important that it is not like a point solution just working in silos but it is integrated in the larger scheme of things so if it, if you are building an employee product then how is it deeply integrated into your uh, employee communication and collaboration products and hris products similarly if you are building a consumer product then how is it uh, integrated with their day to day products so that they don't find it uh, that they are now trying to use another product but they see that this is a product which is integrated into their existing product so these are uh, some very big changes which have been happening uh, in the last few years one more which i can uh, recall is uh, that the entire world of technology is now a mesh of apis so every product is uh, interconnected with the other product through some or the other api so consumers are consuming nothing but a collection of apis and uh, having a very nice uh, face to it uh, through the ui and ux so and then i don't know how to say this but uh, it's actually both good and bad good in a way that consumers are able to use uh, multiple products within a single environment because of the help of apis and microservices but bad in a way because uh, that every company um, is b- trying to become everything because it has become so easy for companies to use some api and launch a feature that it is hard to differentiate that who is doing what both for the consumers as well as for the for the companies i mean the Correct. yeah if you talk to leadership of companies i mean most of the times they are confused that okay where to say no to things because uh, it, it's so very tempting to use some api and launch a feature yes. uh, so you would see uh, companies uh, cross cutting each others territories and trying to do multiple things which is really becoming confusing both for companies as well as for the consumers i totally agree on that <laughs> because everybody feels that okay my competitor is doing this let me also do this irrespective yeah. of whether they actually need need it or not uh, everybody is focused on the uh, ultimate uh, turnover so they feel that okay i have to do this what is he doing let me also do this awesome so how do uh, this integrated approach which you said uh, brought in it is a very important point so uh, do you think you employ the same strategy for innovation as well yeah so uh, see we can't be far uh, different from others so we definitely uh, take a very integrated approach and i as i mentioned in one of the previous questions that our products are natively integrated into a lot of other um, popular work applications so that companies find it easy to adopt and start using our softwares and then we also uh, provide our integrations with a lot of ipas uh, solutions like zapier and workato uh, and uh, trade.io and and so on so that even if you are not using any popular work applications you can easily integrate our software into your existing application so i think the integrated uh, software where world will will stay and i think it will get even more complicated with the with the rise of iot devices and uh, uh, so i think everything will uh, will be integrated to each other as we progress uh, into the next decade mm-hmm. awesome i thank manoj from the bottom of my heart for taking out time to share his beautiful insights and experiences which i am sure will have a takeaway for each one of us and i would like to 
highlight my three takeaways from this amazing conversation. The biggest takeaway for me is that when you are bringing in Zozode's products or any products into your business, it is very important to make the integration process as smooth as possible because only when we get the integration smooth, that is when the team's motivation and customer loyalty will be supercharged. My second takeaway is that technology never stops changing. So to succeed in this landscape, we need to be ready to adapt to new technologies and trends. For that, one needs to be flexible and have a willingness to innovate. My third takeaway is that create a roadmap for your business in such a way so that you focus on what users really need and it should always be driven by data and you will start seeing profits sooner or later. Before we wrap up this insightful episode, we have got some exciting news for you. We have not one, but two consecutive episodes packed with valuable insights from Manoj Agarwal. So make sure to catch up the upcoming episodes as well. And before you go, we would love to hear from you. If you found today's conversation as impactful as we did, please take a moment to rate this episode and share your thoughts in the comments. Your feedback is invaluable to us. And as you know, we are always waiting to hear from you. Share these insights with your colleagues, friends and fellow business enthusiasts. Let's spread the knowledge and empower more businesses to thrive. Thank you for tuning in and we can't wait to have you with us in our next episode. Stay curious, stay inspired and keep chasing those dreams. Until next time, thank you so much. 